0: Welcome to my podcast. So this episode's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Much like the potpourri episode I did a few episodes back, uh, I didn't have enough of one thing to satisfyingly fill out an episode uh, to my satisfaction. So I uh, recorded a little something on a movie I'd seen. And I also uh, did an impromptu recording, it was just I sat down at my desk and hooked up the microphone and started recording uh, with my girlfriend in the background uh, discussing the TV show Friends from College. So on this episode I will be discussing both the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie and then separately my girlfriend and I will have an impromptu discussion about the Netflix TV show Friends from College. I hope you enjoy. My handle is Jonathan Blade. So after the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie, a couple things strike me immediately. One, it was sold out for the first Showtime that I wanted, and nearly sold out for the Showtime at which I did see it. With Super, Dragon Ball has really regained its footing for domestic popularity. Two, Black people love Dragon Ball Super. My audience was almost all black adults. Uh, With that kind of fan base, and the well-known insanely large Latin American fan base, how about some in-universe representation to Kira Toriyama and Toei? Anyway, before I get into this, I guess I should do a quick primer for Dragon Ball. Uh, Dragon Ball is a manga and anime series loosely influenced by the Chinese legend of the Monkey King. It follows the life and times of martial arts, monkey boy, alien, Goku from his youth to his 40s across several series and genres of adventure. For the anime, Japanese cartoons, there are various proper TV series, and then there are also the OVA's original video animations. The OVA's are one-shot stories, and they usually have no direct relation to the current in-canon world of the TV anime, being only loosely influenced by whatever the current story arc might be. So, Dragon Ball Super Broly is the third Dragon Ball Super movie. This one introduces the legendary Saiyan Berserker, Broly, to canon? So Broly's a fan favorite, but until now his existence has been apocryphal, existing only in the Dragon Ball Z OVAs, but never appearing in the main series. The original films for Super are different. They present the abridged version of stories that are later expanded across the extended story arcs in the main series for both the manga and the TV anime. So, coming off of the incredible climax of the Dragon Ball Super Series after the Tournament of Power, and if you've never seen one, watch the Latin American crowd reactions to the climactic battle of the Tournament of Power. Frieza! 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 I had high expectations, and I really wanted to see this movie. There was a different animation team this time around, and there was a promised focus on fluid animation over niggling detail in the individual frames. So we, we do get that, but only in the main battles. The rest of the movie can range from good TV animation to... ...uninspired TV animation. There's a disconnect there and a disjointedness that infects the entire endeavor, really. Uh, also, I still really dislike Japanese storytelling, with its stark separation between narrative and action. That wasn't a problem with the last movie, Resurrection F, but was definitely an issue with Battle of the Gods. I understand that ultimately, it is to be expected, and I should be prepared for it, but when the production quality varies so widely between narrative sequences and the action sequences, the effect is is compounded. The action is extraordinary, it looks very expensive in some places. It doesn't feel like there are any stakes, though. After too much backstory, events unfold very quickly, getting us to the central conflict. The power of Broly is incredible, but even so, it is stated several times during the fight that Broly can't win. Uh, in his conflict with Goku and Vegeta. There's a point at which the battle breaks the continent, and then reality itself, but with no lasting effects. The character dynamics are a bit different this time around, too. Beyond a quick single character cameo, the Earth Defense Force, Team Goku, are nowhere to be found, and Goku is acting more moronic than usual. With the particular focus of this movie, I would have preferred that the imperious Vegeta take the lead uh, this time around, Goku and the general tone are peppered with too much juvenile humor for the level of pathos that they're trying to convey with the main conflict, a conflict that should be squarely Vegeta-focused anyway. It didn't matter for my audience, because once we got past the first 30 minutes of backstory, everyone was all in for the fourth-grade humor and the 60 minutes of apocalyptic battle, and they brought me along with them. This wasn't as good as Resurrection F, but I don't think that I applauded along with the audience at the end of that one. If you are a Dragon Ball fan, then you kind of have to go see this one in the theater. But if you aren't, I would wager that the tone, pacing, and storytelling will be much too foreign for you to enjoy. Uh, I spent the weekend, I guess the weekend's not over yet, but I spent part of the weekend watching the entirety of the Friends from College TV show on Netflix with my girlfriend Sandra, and I thought we might share some thoughts about that show. It's not a great show, but it's a, um, what would you call it, A, uh, a dramedy? Drama comedy, uh, starring several familiar names, uh, including Keegle Mike and Ke- Michael Key from Key and Peel and Fred Savage, and from the show that I never watched. That I, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Uh, oh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, she was Robin Sparks, uh, Kobe Smolders, and Billy Eichner, and uh, a bunch of other people. But yeah, it was uh, it was a fun watch. Half an hour per episode, so it's it's a quick breezy watch, and uh, it's. It can be quite funny. Um, the genre of uh, upwardly mobile middle-aged people from New York in situations uh, still has charm for me because that's what TV was uh, in the 90s when I watched a lot of that stuff. I don't know if that's what's popular now, but I, I still find it interesting. Mm-hmm. What did you, you think of the show?
1: I thought it was entertaining at moments and sometimes not so much. So. Times I felt like not very realistic, but it is TV, so it is all about entertainment. But for the most part, it held my attention because I continued to watch it. So maybe somewhat addictive.
0: Which is the nature of uh, Netflix TV because it's all there at the same time. So even if you don't like it, you can just keep watching it.
1: Yes, and take bathroom
0: breaks. (laughs) And take bathroom breaks and beer breaks.
1: Yes. And open the door for fresh air.
0: Yeah. So, did, were there any standout characters for you? Just describe I, I, character. I can
1: say that you know, at some points, I became highly frustrated with certain characters and 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 certain behaviors because it became frustrating to me, which I unfortunately am guilty of falling victim of. Which I hate, but I was guilty of falling victim of that.
0: So. <laughs> Yeah, I think the show is probably charming to me because uh, the, the group of friends who've been friends for 20 years kind of reminds me of uh, well, groups of friends that I have where they uh, kind of uh, live self-destructive behavior and enable each other because that's part of, uh, you know, that's part of uh, the group society of small groups is, uh, you know, cheerleading for each other in ways that are familiar, which aren't always healthy. Uh, so I did appreciate that aspect of the show. I understand being in a group like that, especially as you get older and, and your group is very insular. Hard to bring on new people, because it's hard to bring on new people as you age anyway, so I, I felt that. Um, you know, it's nice seeing Keegan-Michael Key in something. Uh, while I do ha- find him funny, I find he was doing Keegan-Michael Key as his character, and I find some of that stuff obnoxious. One of his uh, nervous tics as a character is that he just he goes into these very random impressions. Uh, as a way to, to find comfort in those situations, and I find those obnoxious. And, and all the characters around him find it obnoxious, too, so it's it's purposeful. But, uh, yeah, it bothers me just a little bit. But besides that, yeah, it's great fun. Fred Savage, I'm glad to see him in something, and he's he's doing his thing. Um, Kobe Smulders is a, a little bit unlikable, even though she is the, definitely a wronged party in that show. Uh, her character is... Uh, I think they call her out as a user at some point, and I can't tell if she is or not really. But um, you
1: sure they come across that way?
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, the group of friends is is very solid. Billy Eichner is is just in the show being irritated the entire time. He, he's doing a pretty good job of it. So he's not he's not part of the core uh, group of friends. He is Fred Savage's um, fiance uh, on the show and he's just he's, he's a neurosurgeon and he's fully an adult and he's kind of sitting back in the cut just being incredulous trying to be supportive of Fred Savage and his basically his shitty friends
1: and somewhat irritating
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah Billy Eichner can be a little bit irritating but not as irritating as a group of friends so I, I feel that um, dude from um, Ally McBeal is on the show what, what's his name um, I've got the the cast list in front of me uh, is that Greg German? I believe, yeah, from Ali McBeal is on the show as somebody's spouse, and uh, it's interesting because he's he's playing kind of a long-suffering husband that turns into a, a jerk. But he's he's I guess he's supposed to have the undercurrent of jerk anyway, and he's like 20 years older than his uh, his wife, which I don't know why I find that interesting because because he's supposed to be a a well-off guy married to um, you know just somebody in that situation. So that was uh, that's fun to see old characters of that nature. As I said, it's very reminiscent of, um, or maybe I didn't, it's very reminiscent of the, the 90s style of upwardly mobile uh, middle, middle-aged people doing their thing. Uh, kind of like 30-something. I don't know if you remember that show, but that, from the early 90, late 80s, early 90s, 30-something. Yeah, um, except 30-something was more of a drama, and this is more comedy side of the dramedy situation. But yeah, mm-hmm. very reminiscent of that. Very close friends uh, from a seminal time in their life. I think on 30-something they were all hippies in the early 60s mm-hmm. and that's uh, now they're upwardly mobile uh, yuppie folks um, having regular life adventures and and sleeping with each other mm-hmm. which is <laughs> part of what happens in insular groups like that. Uh, the, the, the core premise of, of Friends From College is something that's yucky, which is uh, spoilers Two of the characters have been having an affair for 20 years. Uh, so two of the characters who are in the group, uh, both in the group, are uh, married to each other. And then two, uh, that one of the, the husband character and one of his friends from the group have been having an affair for the entire time he's been married. Uh, which is super funky and I don't know how that's sustainable, actually. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me, but uh, I'm sure the premise comes from somewhere, so it works for somebody. And everybody's doing a very decent job as... As, as nobody's uh, blowing it up, nobody's amazing, but I, I don't know in that kind of show if you get amazing, because I don't really watch that kind of show, I don't usually find that kind of thing entertaining. Uh, but, uh, as a half an hour, uh, bite-sized chunk of show, it works. So yeah, I just wanted to sit down and, and uh, talk about that for just a little bit, because that's something that we did this weekend. Uh, I also watched The Punisher, but Sandra uh, hates The Punisher. I wouldn't say
1: hate, because <laughs> hate is always a <coughs> strong word. But it was clearly something that uh, did not hold my attention for a long period of time. Uh, more like, yeah.
0: She thinks it's uh, just a violent soap opera, yeah, which it is. It's but seems it's a, like but a it's
1: soap opera in the modern times, and it was so boring. <laughs> Except for, I have to admit, there was one fighting scene, and hopefully, it doesn't reflect on my personality. But the fighting scene was like, oh, my God, it, it, it was intense. But then, of course, after hitting, getting hit in the face with multiple weights, how does a motherfucker get up from that? <laughs> Don't really understand that. Realize it's TV. But if you get hit once, okay. If you get hit twice, you're fucking dead. So how do you get up from that? But, hey, that part held my attention. But then I was ready for sure, definitely, to move
0: on. <laughs> and the... If- Keep in mind that's probably the only fighting scene, the only fight scene that she saw. She didn't see the first three episodes of the show, and she missed like I was watching uh, an episode after that, and she missed the one big fight scene of the episode. And then she came in for the rest Pretty of the soap sure opera part. I didn't miss much <laughs> of the episode, and uh, yeah, so it it's fallen apart for her. But I, I like the uh, the Marvel Netflix shows. I'm sorry they're going away. Um, Punisher seems to be going out with a bang. So uh, hopefully we see uh, that character. Uh, in some other things. Anyway, that is this episode of My Handle is Jonathan Blade. You can catch me here on the My Handle is Jonathan Blade podcast. Uh, you can catch me on my YouTube channel, Jonathan Blade One. Uh, that's J O H N, and the number one. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.
1: So long. Bye.